podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys. Come on, boys. The boys are back, and that was a super disappointing game. But do you know what is never disappointing? Blue Chew from bluechew.com. If you use promo code armchair, you get your first month free of the first chewable median for the FDA approved active ingredients that you can find in Viagra or. Cialis. So if you are now incapable of getting an erection after watching K-State lose to West Virginia, Blue Chew can help you out. Chew it and do it. Promo code armchair for your first month free. Um, I guess we're going to get into it. Uh, Grant, before we basically talk about everything super disappointing, um, I know the olds are <clears throat> celebrating about us losing in the White Helmets again and without the Powercats, etc., I, I, again, thought it looked great, and I, I put in here kind of tongue-in-cheek about, like, do you want to never change uniforms again? But I've seen some folks actually saying that seriously, so I'm not even going to make that joke. Um, before we talk about the disappointments, I, I again, I love seeing the white helmet, the white pants uh, inside uh, Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I just legitimately think that is a much better look than the silver. Um, I agree. Yeah, it's it's honestly kind of funny <laughs> that we've lost every every game with a real noticeable uniform change. But no, I mean it's a talking point that I feel like I don't have much time for. People have touched on it. Uniforms are fun. They look cool. You know, it should be an option. We've lost 117 games in our traditional uniform, so who gives a shit? I honestly think yesterday was the best uniform combo that we've seen. Uh, in in Bill Snyder Family Stadium, thought that looked incredible. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I had a tweet that said I think that should be the full time uniform. Of course, old people, did, old people didn't say anything until after the uh, gun hit zero. Uh, but we'll move on from that. Let's just get into it. Uh, it's ugly. It's the first major black mark of the Chris Kleiman era, um, losing to the last place team in the conference um, by, you know. A horrible game, and you're a 14 points uh, favorite. They're the underdog. Um, I mean, what what yeah, else is there? There's to absolutely say? no way to spin it positively at this point. Um, yeah, 14 point favorites at home to the last team in the Big 12. You have to, you absolutely have to win that. Particularly coming off of a loss, I think that makes it even, you know, more disappointing. Uh, you, if you do want to do a positive spin, you can look at the season at a macro level and say, you know, six and four, that's probably about where this team should be. But it's so disappointing because, you know, we're six and two a couple of weeks ago and we've seen, we've seen the ceiling of this team, I think, and we've seen just how good that they can be. So when we turn around and just lay an egg or when we have these anemic performances, it's, it's confusing and it's frustrating. So I don't well, know. And something that you said there, anemic. It wasn't even an anemic performance, frankly. Yeah, I was, I was just about. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say that the most frustrating part about this, and we'll touch on 
the individual things once we, you know, talk about offense, defense, and special teams. But, you know, we outgamed them by 100 yards. Uh, we made some bigger plays. We got them in third and long. I mean, they only converted on four third third down. They only had four third down conversions all game. Like, it wasn't even anemic. Like, you could point to parts in the Texas game and call that anemic. Baylor and Oklahoma State, it, it falls under that. But I think, again, the most frustrating part is uh, if you just look at that game except for the scoreboard, there was no reason to lose that game. And I think that's why I'm most frustrated. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, we just couldn't it, finish, and, you know, we couldn't finish on both sides of the ball when it mattered. So it's frustrating. Yeah. And even West Virginia fans are trying to give themselves a little too much credit. Saying, oh, this, this shit. Well, yeah, I mean, first off, they you, you got into it with one of them. There isn't a fan base in the world that's uh, – It's the most delusional they, fan base I've ever well, en- encountered. Because if you, lo- if you look at, like, the first 80 years of their program, they're playing, like, legitimate Division two, Division three, and high school teams. So the, – the, they're a very delusional fan base, but even when you just talk about that game, they're like, "Oh, we played so well, going to Daggy or whatever his name is." Uh, it, it was such a big, smart move, yada 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 yada. Here, here's the thing: it, they didn't even play that well. Again, we'll talk about the individual yeah. occurrences, but they didn't win that game. And I hate, I hate when fans say this when K State wins games. Oh, we didn't. They didn't win it. They, uh, we lost it. So I'm a, I'm a hypocrite because I'm about to say there is no part of that game that West Virginia won. We truly lost it in almost every sense of the word. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> I mean, God, their fan base is wild. I mean, I was I was getting it from all angles last night, and I still am. But it's like I don't I they don't understand. Like, I mean, even if we, you know. If we had beaten Alabama last, or if we had lost Alabama last night in the same fucking scenario, it would still be incredibly disappointing. And I'm not like that doesn't mean that I'm saying that K State is like a better program than the Alabama Crimson Tide. Like they cannot comprehend that they are last in the Big 12 and they were 14 point dogs yesterday. And how that how could that possibly be, you know, a bad win for K State? It's West Virginia. We're a better program. It's like I was seeing that narrative over and over last night. It was like, what the fuck? Too many opioids down there, I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it definitely was interesting. Um, again, yes, they literally played nobody for 80 years, and they came from the fucking Big East. Like, yeah, nothing program. They even, will achieve nothing in the Big 12. They suck here's, ass. Here's the thing. Even look at what they did before they were in the Big East. Like, if anyone wants a little fun, go to winspedia.com and look at how they racked up all those wins. But we're, we're done talking about that. Um, again, there was a uh, not a massive contingent, but a lot of fans who were doing the whole, you know, who wouldn't have taken the six and four, and I agree with them. But I think, and we, we talked about it too. After that Oklahoma game, we said something to the extent of everything from here is gravy. But fact of the matter is uh, you, you yeah. hit the nail on the head. We've seen how good this team can be. And uh, just just because when we came into this season, I predicted us to win five games, you predicted us to win six, it doesn't mean that us as a fan base, we've seen the potential. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't have wanted more. And uh, I, I kind of got into it with a couple fans who are super – 
critical and said some things after the Texas game. Um, but I don't think I, I can't really defend anyone who uh, is trying to play moral victory after losing that game and all the quote unquote haters, however you want to uh, group the people who uh, are upset with coach climb and upset with this team. Um, I, there's nothing from yesterday that I can point to and really uh, argue with them. I mean, I think this is the first big win for the quote unquote haters group since the day Chris climbing came on board. Yeah. I mean, season, the season evolves one week at a time. It really does. I mean, I kind of agree with that narrative, you know, on a macro level, six and four, that looks good from the outside with a win over Oklahoma, but it's really, you know, it's, you have to look at the season one week at a time and there's just no way, there's no way to get around it. I mean, it's a disappointing loss and it's just, just we did yeah. it again, dude. We did, we did yeah. it again. We gave ourselves three and no syndrome. Um, it just goes to show that you, I mean, this team cannot take a week off. It cannot take a snap off. We say this over and over and over and over and over again that this roster, and it's been this way for probably all of Snyder 2.0 up until now. In the Chris Kleiman era, there's no margin for error. I mean, KC has to be on. They have to be on every damn play or they could lose. Like, it, it's just, it, fuck, it's frustrating. We're 6-2 and two, two weeks ago, and now we're sitting here. feeling. I'm feeling the exact same way we did when we were 3-2. and two. I mean, I feel like we could easily lose our next two games, and then and then how we're going to be feeling. Well, and I, I don't, I, I'm not going to go that and of far. Of course, because... I'm, I'm still reeling, obviously, from yesterday's loss. Like, you know, no, I know, but we'll pick right back up and and win our next two, and it'll be, here's... we'll be in a great spot. But damn, here's the it's thing: so we, frustrating. we might be, we might be underdogs in those two games. Like, it's yeah. not a crazy fear, but at the same time, um, Texas Tech is still Texas Tech. They're still a first year coach. They just got beat by TCU. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. There's nothing. There's nothing in that game that tells me, hey, we can't win that game. And Iowa State, sure, they beat Texas at home with snow on the ground, but it took, you know, miraculous, you know, fourth quarter and a game-winning field goal for them to win that. They haven't. I mean, every single game they've played has been close. And at the end of the day, and we'll talk about Skyler a little bit later. At the end of the day. When Skylar Thompson has the ball in a close game, I still feel like we're going to come out on top. Nothing has happened that brings me off of uh, that confidence in him as a player, uh, finding a way to win games regardless of how uh, that interception went. So I I know we're going to be it's going to be a close game versus Iowa State. It's always a close game versus Iowa State, and we're at home, so I think we can win that. And Texas Tech isn't a great team. Yes, we might end up six and six, but you know, gun to my head, I still would think that in my heart of hearts, I think it's more likely we're eight and four than six and six. And again, maybe that's Homer, maybe that no, is. No, you're me. right. I mean, I, but, I think if I want to be positive, you know, which I don't right now, I want to be negative, but I will. I mean, nine wins is still on the table. Every game is winnable on the schedule. You know, obviously we don't know our bowl opponent yet, but the Big Twelve has so much parity outside of the top, really two maybe three teams oklahoma state you could possibly throw in there but any you know it's gonna be 50 50 probably but our next two games um and if we bring you know if we bring the focus if we can establish a run game for on our game then you're right i think eight and four is probably more likely than six and six i think you know if we want to be positive which i don't feel that like that right now but you're you're right i think you're right 
Well, let's get negative again because in the in the post game press availability, uh, I, I think I saw this on uh, John Kurtz's Powercat Game Day wrap up on Facebook, and I think that's on YouTube, either on the KSA online or maybe John Kurtz YouTube page. There were quotes that came from both Skylar Thompson and Dalton Schoen talking about how they felt that uh, some folks on the team or maybe the team as a whole overlooked West Virginia, and then. Uh, Dalton Schoen even mentioned in the post game with Stan and White that, hey, you hit that home run play right after getting them to go three and out. It's hard not to start to overlook the team after that happens. Uh, that just, I, out of everything that happened, that frustrated me so much. And again, I like that these players have confidence in themselves. And I like that uh, they do believe, hey, we can blow anyone out. But fact of the matter is, our two top wide receivers yesterday and yards and catches are former walk-ons. Um, you're still starting, you know, running. Uh, Harry Trotter ended up being the starting running back yesterday, and again, he is a former walk-on. You don't have the talent to overlook literally any team on the schedule this entire year. And the games where we have done so well and really put it on folks are – Games where you could say, oh, maybe you might overlook them. You don't. You came out there and you kicked their ass. I just have a hard time understanding why they thought they could mail it in versus a Power 5 team in West Virginia, despite how shitty they've been all season. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) how disappointing is that? You know, K-State overlooking an opponent. And like I said, it comes back to no margin for error. We have no business overlooking anybody. I mean, my high school coach used to say this all the time. Shout out Coach Hensel, but you cannot just flip a switch when things aren't going right. You know, when you give a shitty team that you're supposed to beat life, when you give them a chance, when you give them that belief that they can win, it's going to be an uphill battle until the final whistle. You cannot just flip a switch. You have to show up focused from the very beginning, and we did not do that yesterday. I, I we really didn't. I mean, we thought we were going to win. We had a quick start, and we thought this is going to be cake. It's especially annoying considering our mantra, you know, pound the stone, get better every day. You know, we're staying focused, working harder than anyone. I mean, it's just – it's laughable really. It falls on everybody, the coaches, the players. And coming off a loss I think is what makes me even more frustrated because you would expect the team to, you know, come out with some more more urgency, some more anger. But, ugh, really frustrating. And we had sweet new helmets, which would give us more freaking energy. Honestly, I really believe that. Like, you play, you look good, you play better. I really believe that. I mean, at least from the beginning. Well, <sighs> yeah. Sucks. Yeah, and again, I think I, I said at the very beginning, this truly is a black mark on Coach Kleiman and his entire uh, mantra, his entire uh, just his entire program. Because when you, when you do make it a point to talk about the whole pound the stone about. Uh, you know, you, you never let a game dwell, uh, win Monday, win Tuesday, win Wednesday, don't even think about Saturday, all that type of stuff. Um, you can't pound that like almost at every press conference, every media availability and still have this happen. Uh, well, I'm not going to go, I'm not going nearly as far as some folks are saying, you know, fire messing him, never should have hired climbing, all that type of jazz. Hey, of this course. shit happens. You're coaching 18 to 22 year old kids. Um, this stuff obviously happens it's, and it's not the end of the world. But again, it, it really is a black mark and a bad look 
for the way he presents himself in this team, every single press availability. Um, and, it, and it kind of uh, added, adds just another layer of frustration. I completely agree. I mean, I think, and I, I highly doubt, you know, that Chris Kleiman changed anything this week. I bet we prepared, I bet we prepared hard. I bet the coaches, you know, we're taking things a game at a time. I think a lot of this falls on senior leadership and, it's got. I mean, it's on the players ultimately, but uh, it's frustrating. FYI, you're right. Tech opens as a one point favorite. So yeah, so I mean, week. it's going to be close, and, and 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 it'll shift. I'll be there. Um, I, I all sorts of stuff can happen between now and then. It's going to be a 6 p.m. kickoff. Um, it's their senior night. All sorts of stuff can happen, but it, yeah. by no means is that an unwinnable game. Let's keep it moving because I, I know we don't want this to be a two hour. Uh, podcast uh like i said earlier k-state 421 yards of total offense west virginia 319 while there were some maddening penalties and i'm not i'm definitely not giving an excuse for some of these penalties k-state was penalized seven for 72 yards but at the end of the day west virginia was penalized eight for 70 i know situational stuff comes into all of this everything's not everything's not created equal but at the end of the day the way some folks are carrying on you would think that West Virginia didn't get a single penalty, and we we're up over 100 yards. Yeah. Um, again, nothing created equal, but it's almost apples to apples there. And this is the big kicker. On third and fourth down, mm. K-State was 9 for 19, just under 50%. West Virginia, 4 for 12, so they're 33%. Um, for, yeah, 33%. Um, we'll talk later in the defense, but uh, again, every – Every third down conversion is not created equally as we figured out. And then again, another crazy, th- crazy thing. Time of possession, 35 minutes. West Virginia time of possession, 25. We look, like I said, we'll talk offense, defense, special teams. But you look at this and it, you just look at the stat sheet and you wonder how the fuck do you lose this game? Right. Uh, I, yeah, it sucks. Um, I do think that like our penalties – are maybe a bit of a talking point at this point because we've had so we've had a lot of costly costly penalties at the worst possible times i mean it kind of feels like discipline is a little bit of an issue and i i don't think you know overall like penalties we don't you know we talked about this earlier we're not like one of the most penalized teams in the country but we've it seems like we've had a costly personal foul or some sort of bullshit penalty at the one of the worst times possible in the game I mean, yesterday it cost us a touchdown. They, it, you know, they missed a field goal, and that's points. I mean, we may not, we may win the game yesterday without that shit. It's it's incredibly annoying. Um, well, I don't I don't disagree with you, but I think this again is one of those things where uh, I, I'll equate it to people bitching about free throw shooting in basketball. Like you, since you watch K State play every single week. Uh, it's noticeable because you're not paying that close of attention to any other team. Uh, and when you're watching your team miss free throws every single basketball game, you're thinking to yourself, well, I, how can we ever win? Like, we, we miss free throws like this every single game. But when you look at things uh, in almost any college yeah. football game, you're, you're seeing massive penalties in massive parts of the game. Well, I, I don't disagree with you. you. You can't have stupid penalties that end up costing you points. Um I'm not trying to explain it that way, I, but I do think that if you were to sit down and truly invest 
you know, whatever it would be, 60 hours a year watching another college football team, you'd probably think and see the same type of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't make an excuse. I'm just saying it's college off. football. <laughs> I agree with you. Let, let's, let's jump into the offense. Before we talk positional stuff, let's t- talk some of the more macro stuff that you can't uh, nicely shoehorn into a specific position group. Um, again, this has been the issue. Uh, last week it was getting into the red zone. Earlier in the season it was settling for field goals when we get into the red zone. This time it was a little bit of each. You only visit the red zone three times. Uh, which in today's college football is not nearly enough. But of those three times, you settle for two field goals. Shout out to Lynch, who, again, has been automatic since the first game of the season. But, I mean, this is what costs us probably at least having a shot in those Baylor and Oklahoma State games as settling for three instead of six. How frustrating was it to get in goal-to-go situations and settle for field goals twice? Very frustrating. I mean, you got to finish when you're in the red zone. You got to get, got to get touchdowns. It's it's as, it's as simple as that. I mean, we lost by, we lost by four. Got to finish in the red zone. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm crying over here. Well, get the tears ready because this is another just disgusting <laughs> string of play. So after the touchdown to start the second half and you're feeling good, it's a seven minute touchdown drive, perfectly executed. Uh, So after that and before the final drive of the game, K-State's next drive went uh, five plays that ended in a punt uh, and only getting three yards. A three-play drive where you picked up five. A seven-play drive where K-State didn't pick up on the first down and picked up 39 yards, but they didn't convert on that fourth down. And a three-play drive where K-State lost 12 yards before punting. Uh, how Fourth and 22 de- yeah. how, on a how, very crucial drive where we needed an answer. Yeah. Yep. How depressing is that string of plays? Because you get up by six, you're feeling good. You're thinking to yourself, all right, hey, we got it figured out. The defense, uh, you know, starting to figure it out. Um, and then all of a sudden you run into what was, I, I kind of made you backtrack on the phrase anemic earlier, but yeah. you do hit a stretch of play where it truly was that. Um, how depressing of a run was that on offense? Uh, very depressing. Worst stretch of the entire game, you know, coupled with the worst play of the entire game. Um, third and long, to concede a touchdown on that third and long. But is, we're talking about offense right now. So. I know, I know. Okay. But we followed that up. Oh, I get what you're saying. You know, that's the it's easily the worst stretch of the game. Um, an inexcusable touchdown. Absolutely inexcusable. And... I mean, that just zapped the energy out of the stadium. It zapped the energy out of the offense, clearly, because, we, yeah, we followed it up with a three-play, negative 12-yard stretch. Um, just just depressing. I mean, top to bottom, this game is a night. It's just a train wreck, and it's a game we never should have lost. Absolutely never should have lost this game. Statistically, all in our favor. Ah, so annoying. We can talk about Skyler, though. Um, uh, well, I, I, I do want to touch on one, one thing real quick. 39 passing plays, 38 rushing. With hindsight, are you upset that they were so uh, married to the bounce attack, seeing that we struggled so much to run the ball? Or are you, at the end of the day, are you willing to ride or die trying to be a I balanced attack? I am not willing to ride or die. Trying to be balanced. I mean, it's good, obviously, to be balanced. Um, keeps defenses on their toes, but 
Jesus, when the run game is not working, I feel like either you gotta like mix it up in a way. I mean, you gotta come off. You gotta come off the power, the power run game, the the running under center. Um, it's just not working. It's it's too slow. When you everybody can see it in the stadium when it's when it's gonna be one of those games where it's like, all right, we're not, we cannot get our power run game going. So I think we either need to just spread it out a little bit more um, and go with the passing game, which is obviously a risky move considering, you know, I think our passing. Our passing offense is, you know, not, not where we want it to be. But get more creative in the run game. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what what do we do when when the run game just isn't working for us? Because that's how you beat this team. You, I think you load the box, force us to pass. But I don't like it. I think we need to make some more in game adjustments. But I'm not a football genius, and I haven't rewatched the game, so I couldn't tell you, you know, what I think about that at this point. I mean, what do you want? What do you want us to do? Continue to force that power run game? No, for I, me, it's just not fucking working. No, I I, I agree with you. I think, uh, and we'll, we'll talk. We'll migrate into Skyler here in a second. But uh, he was able to find the running backs out of the backfield in the passing game. Um, Joshua Youngblood had a great jet sweep. I do agree with you. I think that when the power isn't working, you need to uh, get creative in doing, uh, you know, jet sweeps, tossing yeah. it out of the backfield doing stuff that forces them to spread out. I saw someone uh, on Twitter trying to get pissed off that we didn't run a play-action pass seemingly uh, until or after the first play of the game. I don't know if that's true. But play-action doesn't work if they don't have to respect uh, – exactly. safeties don't have to respect the running game. So um, I understand why they want to be balanced. Um, I, I do wish they wouldn't be so stubborn to, uh, to that. Uh, but – you're right. Let's get to Skyler. 24 of 39 passing, 299, one touchdown. He re-breaks his record for most passing yards. He does have two interceptions, which I'm gonna, I, I want to start with real quick. In mm. my opinion, and I've, I've re-watched back both interceptions a handful of times. The first one, I, again, I, I think the anti-Skyler crowd is out there, and some folks were trying to make that his fault. But every time I watch that, uh, credit to the West Virginia player. Mm-hmm. This was the best play a West Virginia player play made all day. He just found a next level of speed and just spent his body. I mean, he, he was out of the game after that because he dislocated his shoulder, but he made the best play probably of the game on that interception, and I don't really hold that one too much against Skyler. No, that was a really good play. Um, I agree. I, don't, I so, wouldn't put that on Skyler. I thought, I mean, oh. Overall, I thought Skyler played pretty well. Obviously, you know, broke his broke his record again, had a touchdown. Obviously, a costly costly pick at the end. But for the most part, I thought he played pretty well. <clears throat> All right, let's talk about that second interception though, because again, as much as I love Skyler, I I do think he had him. Hurts. Um, I I think he saw him early, but I think due to uh, his lack of confidence with the offensive line. I think every time um, he had to worry about, okay, do I have to make someone miss? Do I have to keep a play alive? And if he would have had a little bit more confidence in his protection, he might have gotten it out there a split second earlier, and he might have felt that he was able to step into the throw and get yeah. it all there because that was the problem. Even on some of the good passes he had, uh, yeah. In this game, some of the good plays that he had, he wasn't able to step into his throws because he was always having to 
sidearm. He was always having to dip and duck, and he kept plays alive. And I can't, I can't praise him enough for how well he was able to keep plays alive yesterday. But I think all that was in the back of his head, and he underthrew it. And then sure enough, um, the comeback bid was uh, held short. What did you see on that uh, final interception? And uh, what are your thoughts on I that think, play specifically? I agree. I mean, he had him. I think he summed that up really, really well. Um, he was under duress quite a bit, um, especially on that last drive. Um, having to keep plays alive. I mean, it's a pressure pack situation. We had like 35 seconds left. Um, you know, he's got to keep his head on a swivel. Um, the line was, you know, the line was getting kind of, kind of torn up there. <laughs> late so i mean i agree you summed that up really really well i think the wind caught it a little bit and it's kind of i think he had malik <laughs> wide open as well but but i can't i can't fault him for taking a shot you know at the end zone with dalton i i agree with you though i think if he if he hits him if he throws that you know a second earlier you know we could be talking about something completely different we could be talking about another skyler comeback another another game winning drive but <clears throat> The wind caught it a little bit. Um, it was a good play by the good play by the defensive back. Um, just frustrating. It sucks. Yep. Uh, one big talking point after the Texas game was lack of running of Skylar Thompson. Um, this game, he had 14 registered rushes, which was the second most of anyone on the team. 19 yards along of 15. Uh, two sacks factored into this total. Uh, obviously, bringing the rush down. Are you happy with the amount uh, we rushed? Skyler, and then also that on that 15 yard run, he slid, and I thought he was done. Yeah, um, I, nope, I, I I don't I, like I, it. Oh, it shows yeah. that just shows you right there. That was a designed run; it worked. But and you know, it was a fucking cheap shot. It was a personal foul. He was sliding. I don't shocked, know. If it, I don't think it shocked. Was, he wasn't ejected. I don't know, man. Was it targeting to you? I don't. I, well, I'm here, not here's sure. the thing. I, mean, I don't know if it's targeting, but the way they that college football has called that play I agree. over the last three I agree. years, and that's that's, that's why I, that's a quarterback sliding, getting hit in the head from behind, um, shoulder or not, leading with the head or not. I am surprised he, you know, I'm surprised they didn't give that targeting. But it was a personal foul. Um, it was a big play. But yeah, that shows you right there just how seasons, uh, careers can change on a dime. And he even mentioned in that pick that he threw that he was still maybe a little, um, a little banged up. Um, it's 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 too risky. It's too risky to run the quarterback. Uh, I don't like it. I yeah, don't like and, it. And then one other thing, because we have talked about this a handful of times uh, throughout the season, I, I want to go back the fourth and twelve play in that fourth quarter that we ended up not converting um, possible pass interference on Youngblood. Not sure. We won't talk about that, but we've talked about these decisions to go for it, not to go for it time management. So I kind of want to cycle back to that real quick. Cause we forgot to earlier. Were you happy going for it on that fourth and 12? Would you have preferred trying to kick it or even uh, try to punt it, pooch punt it? Uh, where, where do you stand? Where did you stand at the time, and where do you stand twenty twenty hindsight? Um, you know, I think in if we're looking in the context of this game, I think that was the right decision. We were on the thirty five yard line, I think. Um, yep. I mean, fourth and twelve is long. It's long. That's that's tough to get, but it's out of range of blank ledge, probably wind. into the wind, and 
you know, we'll touch on this later, but Ankle was having a fucking terrible day. And, you know, I think you just go for it at that point. So I I, I had no faith in, you know, dropping a punt in the five-yard line because, you know, he he was off. So I like the decision. And, you know, it's a 50-50 ball that maybe was P.I. It looked like he got there a little bit early in real time. But when you saw the replay, I think it was kind of – kind of okay so unfortunate not to get it but i'm not i'm not mad at the decision yep i'm not either i just want to touch on that so um skyler on the good side of things he completed passes to 10 different uh recipients not all of them receivers um but 10 different guys again i think that was where skyler's at its best i think there's this fake narrative of him uh only staring down one receiver and only uh zeroing in on one guy i i have a hard time thinking uh that's the case when you complete passes of 10 different guys. And yeah. so many times he was going through the full progression. But again, um, those are just folks on the internet. Uh, how Were you happy to see the ball get around that much? Or do you think that, uh, or do you have a desire that there was one guy who would have taken it over? No, I think that that's a sign of a, a pretty well-balanced offense. That's a sign of a quarterback that, you know, has a good feel for his receivers and is going, working through his progression. So I, I don't know. I mean, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. Um, and then that, that's all I have. Do you have any other, whether it be pros, cons, or any other uh, comments on the game Skylar Thompson played before we move into the offense? Nah, I'm good. Start right, the, the worst part of the game. Yeah, offensive line uh, gave up two sacks, nine tackles for a loss. As I mentioned earlier, 38 rushes. We had 122 yards, average of 3.2 yards per rush. But here's the crazy thing. Over half of those yards came on a combination of four different plays, Yeah, um, which is crazy. Um, What are your thoughts on the performance of this unit? Because I saw something Matt Hall said. Over on Case Online, I tried not to get onto the boards until this morning, but I can't remember what thread. But he he said it that uh, when this this offensive line isn't every single guy in one game overachieving their talent, it just looks bad. Yeah. Um, and and I'm that's paraphrasing. Those aren't that is an exact quote, but that really made me think. And I think it is true because in games where we think that the offensive line really has it going. It's literally every single guy looks like a damn all-star. And then in games where they don't, it looks like they don't have any business kind of being out there. And at different points in the stadium, I was championing Nick Kaltmeyer and Scott France at different points. We all talk about, well, could he maybe sneak into the NFL draft? Um, But I think at the end of the day, uh, this is an offensive line full of dudes who have occasionally – really overachieved or played up to a big game, but at the end of the day are not probably at that level that we need them to be. And they definitely were not recruited to run the type of offense that they're currently being asked to. Yeah. They've been just very inconsistent. And I think honestly, you know, this is going to sound stupid saying, considering, you know, we just came off of a terrible loss and not a very good offensive line performance, but I think it's a testament to Connor Riley and his ability to coach uh, with you know how how well we how well the offensive line as a unit has played in some of these games, um, you know I think the future is bright from that aspect. If we can hang on to Connor Riley for that for for a decent amount of time, get the guys in that you know we want to work with, um, I think it's gonna be a bright future. But God, they have, 
they've struggled, man. I mean, when it's that's that's that just is what it is. Like if it's going to be a game where the offensive line is not getting the push and in the running game, then it's going to go down to the wire. It's going <laughs> to that's how you beat this team. I think they people just load the box on us and force us to pass. <clears throat> yeah, and that's also why I'm not. I, I've kind of started to backpedal off my uh, alarmist or even how worried I am next year. Um, it's never great to be rolling out an offensive line with very little uh, starting uh, experience. But at the end of the day, I, I just have a hard time seeing some of these some of these games and not think to myself, well, I mean, obviously they're not going to be great next year, but how much worse can it really be in some of these games where uh, it's been as bad as it was last week? I don't know. I mean, I think we've I mean, kind of seen the level yeah. that um, the the it's about it's about the same, you know. Well, that's what's funny though, because we actually we actually won statistically this game, you know. Like we still should have won. That's what's so weird. Like we couldn't establish the run, but still we had over a hundred yards and we put ourselves in position to win. It's not. This is not like the Baylor game or the Oklahoma State game where we just couldn't get a damn thing going. Like we were in position to win this game. We did enough to win this game, and we just couldn't finish. That's what's so damn frustrating. Well, I think part. I, I think at least when in, in the concept <laughs> and in the uh, world of the offensive line, I think that's almost like in spite of the offensive line, though. Yeah. Because it, it was so bad, and it wasn't just when you ran the ball. I mean, Skyler didn't ha- again had to play Houdini seemingly almost every time he went back to pass. So um, I just I don't yeah. know. I, again, I think I think. When it comes to, I mean, what is next year going to be like? But, but again, it kind of it goes to what I was saying. You, you have that worry, but how much worse can they really be on a at their worst? They're yeah, probably not know. going to all be able to turn it on for one game, like we've seen a couple times this year. But I'm I'm having a hard time thinking that after going through a full season's worth of practices, bowl practice, another spring, another fall camp and seemingly three non-conference games that you should win, uh, and then a a return trip to Morgansville or Morgantown, um, I just have a hard time thinking that they're going to continue to look as poor as they did. But again, that'll be something we'll have to talk about a year from now. Um, We're going to get into the running backs here in a second. Uh, Is there anything else you want to say about the offensive line? Nope. All right, running backs, James uh, James Gilbert, Jordan Brown were – Seemingly a full go this week, but obviously when you see them out there, uh, they're not not at 100%. Um, but it is good that they were feeling healthy enough to get out there and play. James Gilbert led the team. Um, he had 12 uh, on uh, yards. Uh, he had 12 attempts, 60 yards, average of 4.6, got a touchdown. But as I referenced earlier, the entire team over half of their uh, rushing yards came on four different plays. Well, he got over half of his yards on his on his long of the game of 32 yards. Um, he had four receptions. Um, I had for I think for 20 yards. I think what I had in the notes is a typo. He had a long of 11. What'd you think of James Gilbert's day as a whole? Because uh, I thought that you know he had that 32 yard run, and I was pleased to see him make some catches out of the backfield as well. Yeah, I really like that. I wish we would have i wish we would utilize that a little bit more um passing to the running back out of the backfield but i mean he looked all right um it's 
again, I feel like it's difficult really to judge these running backs on their contributions. I thought they did fine, um, but you know, when you're getting hit in the backfield and when you don't have those holes um, to to run into, you know, how the hell? What can you even really say about the running backs? It's it always comes back to the offensive line, really. Um, but I thought they did a fine, serviceable job. Nothing spectacular, but they clearly not 100% either one of them. Yep, Jordan Brown, I think that's where it was even more evident of not being 100%. He had seven carries uh, for 23 yards, average of 3.3, a long of 11, five catches for 32 yards, a long of 10. But where it really you could really see his lower body injury bugging him, there was one time he caught a swing pass out of there. And uh, if you recall that Nichols – or no, I guess it would have been Bowling Green, that Bowling Green game – when he just took off and ran for that long touchdown, I thought to myself, oh, yeah. man, he has that linebacker. He's about to you know, rip off 40 yards on this catch. But yeah. the linebacker closed like crazy, uh, only being 10 yards. So you can really see that guy who uh, thrives on his athleticism just is not able to get up to top gear anymore. Yeah, he hasn't had that versatility for a while. Um, it's frustrating. Harry Trotter, two carries for two yards, long as six. Um, not really much of a contributor in that game. Um, you know, what did you think of the struggles in the rushing game? Is it just kind of, kind of really point back to the trenches? Yeah, it, it points back to the trenches. There were a handful of times where I thought uh, maybe if they make a cut earlier, they pick a hole earlier instead of maybe one yard or a loss. They could have picked up four or five. But, again, that's really, uh, you know, I, I – you can't really expect them to do too much. I think far more often they were being hit in the backfield or right at the line of scrimmage yeah. than anything else. And uh, you can only ask your running backs to do so much uh, when they don't even get the opportunity, when they're having to make a guy miss not even a millisecond after they get the ball. It's just uh, an ugly game. For nothing them. nothing they can really do. Um, fullbacks, Jackson Barter, they both played. Didn't really do anything. Jazz got flagged for a holding penalty, but not really much to talk about in that regard. Receivers and tight ends. Dalton Schoen opened up the game with a splash, uh, 68-yard touchdown after a three-and-out. Thought we were going to cruise, and I think every single person there obviously thought that too, and it did not work out. But he led the team with 84 receiving yards. He had two catches. Um, Schoen's he's a solid receiver. Yeah, when it's all said and done, he's going to end up, uh, I think, ranking up there in the top 10, top 8 in a lot of receiving categories. Um, I think it is uh, it is evident, though, of kind of the wide receiving core as a whole that, hey, he probably for this year has become our uh, number one wide receiver, but he was only able to get open twice. Again, he's going, he's going to, when it's all said and done, having a, a good career, but um, you want to get to a point where you're not having to depend on guys like Dalton Schoen to be that leading receiver. Yeah, you want not that to take guy away to be from like that your player, third but, guy. You know? Yeah, third or fourth guy. It, at the end of the day, he's still uh, he was a three year walk on um, from Overland Park, Kansas, and uh, especially in the Big Twelve, it's just like. And look, I think uh, you know he's proven to be a good solid big 12 receiver particularly this year um and you can't shit too much on you know the walk-on system i I don't want to say like 
you can't have your walk on being your best receiver. I mean, yeah, you don't. That's not ideal, but like, Dalton Schoen ain't Jordy Nelson. I mean, he's a good well, player, but like, he is his quality. He should be third or fourth best if you want to be competing at a high level in in the Big Twelve. It's just well, as simple he, as that. Here's the thing: of everyone who received a pass in this game, only Knowles, Youngblood, Lenners. Only those three guys were, like, recruits who yeah. were, like, scholarship guys. Then you had your two running backs, uh, or actually three running backs. All of them are transfers. One of them also a walk-on. Like, again, I'm not— that, I'm, You know what? That is just a—that just explains perfectly where we are right now at a pro, as a program and where this roster is. Um, so going forward, we still got a lot to build. Um Still an incredibly frustrating loss, but it that puts things in perspective. It really does. Yeah, and then I, I thought Knowles, again, has played well. He got the three catches long of 14, total of 25. But uh, he still hasn't had, like, that superstar receiving game that I thought we would have seen at this point. Again, I think He's maybe, still banged up, too. I mean, yeah, you can he, tell. Yeah, he's banged up. And, again, I think maybe I'm uh, wanting a little bit much from a – uh, redshirt freshman uh, yeah. in a new system. Uh, it's just frustrating. I think he'll eventually get there, but you kind of want to see it. Uh, Landry Weber did have a career game. Uh, he had that a great catch for that long of 35. Uh, Phillip Brooks, four catches for 63 yards. Again, uh, we have to do what we have to do with the roster we have, but Phillip Brooks is also a redshirt freshman. So yeah. I think that uh, him being around, I think when it is all said and done, he will hopefully get to a point where he's a complimentary third, fourth guy, fifth guy. But I think the experience he's getting this year will make him a salty complimentary piece by the time he's an upperclassman. Uh, Leonard's one catch for five yards, uh, long one catch for one yard. And when he got it, I was getting excited. I was thinking, you know, kind of almost – like, I get excited when Jax touches the ball. He's a big old dude, but he got chopped down right at the ankles. Yeah. Um, he, went, he went down hard. It's, yeah, I mean, it, I think that's, the fact that we're able to distribute that much. Uh, I love to, it. To these receivers, like, it has to give you, you know, some excitement going forward when, you know, a couple of years down the road and we have some actual scholarship guys in there and guys that we, you know, recruited and wanted in the in the program it's got to be exciting. I think, you know, it's. I think that's a testament and a positive thing to look at under Messingham. Uh, I don't think he called a perfect game yesterday, but that's a trend. Like we've we've been doing that pretty much weekly for for a while now. I mean, we're able to distribute the ball, so that's that's nice. Yep, I, I do think that is a positive for him. Um, I think that's all we have on offense. I guess uh, my one question is. Uh, I brought it up earlier. We don't have that one quote unquote guy who, when you need a big play on third and fourth down, you know, you can depend on. Um, do you think that this team, do you think whether it's Knowles, Youngblood, or even maybe even Brooks, do you think any of those guys can develop into that sort of a wide receiver next year? And all those guys are freshmen. So next year or beyond. Yeah, maybe. I mean, this is such good, um, playing experience for them um we're developing depth you know now and we're developing depth in the future i think i think those guys will take a big step next big step forward next year um 
But again, it kind of shows like, do we really need? Obviously, yes, you want to go to your receiver, and I think we will have that going forward. But the fact that we're able to distribute to so many different guys uh, so often um, really is, you know, gives us an advantage on those fourth down plays because you know you can get it from anybody. Well, I would like a number one guy, but I, I do think. Having, I think we'll get there, and I think it'll be Knowles probably going forward um, when he develops a little further, gets a little more physical, gets himself back to you know being healthy. But for me, I mean, Knowles is is you know a level above those guys that you mentioned. Yep, I agree with you, but I think that's all I have for the offense. Going to talk about the defense, but before we do, want to talk to you real quick about our friends over at Kansas City Direct Primary Care. Um, is your heart? You know, still beating a little fast, need a little blood pressure check. You feel like you might die during games. Well, we don't want that. So go over to Kansas City Direct Primary Care. They're a clinic that does not accept insurance, but rather charges a flat monthly fee. They do this to keep the cost low for their patients by cutting out the middleman. Most plans cost somewhere around 65 bucks a month, but there are other options, including a family plan. Monthly uh, fee includes unlimited visits with no copay grant. Do you like copays? No one likes copays. I don't like them. Uh, So you can do that. They'll have deeply discounted labs, imaging, and medications. You can get yearly labs for no extra cost. Otherwise, most of the basic labs are around $10 a piece. X-rays around $50. You can get some medications for up to 90% off retail. That's like an insane deal. You it is insane. Oh man, I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. Uh, the best I part. Agree. Yeah, the best part about this is the availability and access. Visits are available same day or next day in most cases. You're getting anywhere between you know a 30 minute to an hour long visit, um, not some stupid quick five minute visit where the patient. Uh, barely even talks to the doctor. Also, you're going to get the physician's email so you can contact them 24-7 if needed. So be sure to visit Dr. Short, who is a board-certified medical physician. He's an EMA hero. So go give KCDPC a visit today because we all want to live through the rest of this football season. The link to their website, KansasCityDirectPrimaryCare.com, is in the uh, description of this episode. Let's talk about the defense. Um, they only gave up. Yeah, exactly. They only gave up four third down conversions on the entire game. Which, if if you which were to is, tell me that before the game, I'm like, hell yeah, hell it's, yeah. It's fucking incredible because it's back to back weeks where we post a very impressive third down defense percentage, but give up massive back breaking plays on long third and longs, just yep. inexplicable breakdowns. Yeah, three, three of those this, were touchdowns. Especially this week. I mean, yeah. truly, that last touchdown was an inexplicable breakdown. You know, we talked about Texas a little bit, and it it made it made some sense that we gave up that third and fourteen. But Jesus Christ, third and twenty plus to give up a touchdown in that situation is just unacceptable. Yep, I agree with you. Another thing that I noticed. Um, West Virginia did a ton of motioning, getting guys in and out of the backfield. A lot and, of bad matchups, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I, I can't tell you. I think it was like at least five or six times where we saw Eli Sullivan deep in coverage. Like, that's not where you want him to be. He's athletic enough, and I actually really like Elijah Sullivan. 
But you, you can't be doing that. And I think that's why we saw Jonathan Alexander playing some time at linebacker to try to combat that. But you didn't see it much after the first quarter. Um, with the way West Virginia did that and seeing how we did slash didn't adjust to that, do you think that we maybe should have uh, gone to Alexander playing that linebacker slot a little bit more so you weren't having Sullivan and Green yeah, maybe. I mean, deep in coverage? It was just a huge speed mismatch in those situations, and I think you know maybe Alexander would have helped close that gap a little bit. But uh, just also, man, another week of just really – horrid tackling yeah I, I don't think it was the worst week of tackling but again it was one of those times where um the defensive line especially you think you get him get the quarterback in the backfield but he finds a way to stay up and either make a play or uh, get rid of the ball throw it away it's uh just not something you like to see let's just jump right into the defensive line i thought uh the man who probably had the best game reggie walker three tackles one of them was a sack two tackles for a loss um, Reggie Walker's playing career is winding down. I think he, I don't think there's anything he can do in the final three games, uh, two regular season, one bowl game, to ever get back to that uh, hype he earned during his freshman season, never quite lived up to after that. But I do think he had a good game versus Texas, and he played well yesterday. I agree. I think he's also, you know, progressively getting better. Um Trey Deshaun, three tackles. Kyle Ball, three tackles and one tackle for loss. Um, Jordan Mitty, two tackles for loss. I thought the D tackles played decent, but did not do enough for me. Did not get enough push in both the passing game and the running game, especially in crucial moments like uh, when we needed to get pressure on the quarterback and we just couldn't. Yeah, and we continue to rotate <clears throat> a ton. Um, there were some plays where I, I see White Huber coming out on a third down. And I just kind of scratch my head. And again, we continue to go to that jet package and shift White Hubert and uh, Boom Massey or Reggie Walker to the inside. And Hubert made some plays, got got some pressures coming from the inside. But again, I still think he's our best edge rusher. I I don't I just don't know he if that's the correct move. He absolutely is. He should be played, you know, on the end. Um, he's our best football player he's our best athlete he's the best defensive athlete on the team you know he's he's a a lot to handle for an offensive line i think we got to be keeping him as an edge rusher i agree yep i agree uh Khaled duke got a sack officially burning his red shirt again he played a lot i'm i'm fine with him uh using up his red shirt i think that you might see him uh push boom massey for that starting job on the outside a defensive end opposite of White Hubert next yeah. year. Um, he, he's been, so that's five games as a true freshman. What has uh, not just in yesterday's game, but in the season so far, uh, what has Cal Duke's impression on you been so far? I like him. I think he's solid. And you know, you mentioned him possibly pushing Boo Massey for that starting starting spot, and he definitely will. Especially, you know, sadly, Boo Massey just can't seem to stay healthy. So. Um, it's good. It's very valuable experience. Anytime you're playing a freshman, you know, that amount of minutes, it's, it's, um, it bodes well, at least for their future. Um, it doesn't necessarily bode well for, um, our current roster, but, um, it's good, valuable experiment experience going forward. And it's in that regard, it's only a positive. I think he's looked pretty solid. <laughs> yep. Drew Wiley got a tackle. Joe Davis got a tackle for a loss. Um, 
you kind of touch on it, just probably not enough consistent pressure, not enough consistent plays. I think there were plays made on the outside and on the inside at different parts in the game, but it did come down to some of those big moments where you can't drag down the quarterback for a sack, allowing him to cork back and throw that uh, 50-yard touchdown pass. I ended up being the game winner. Um, not finishing the sack on the first touchdown that they made, mm-hmm. um, just not doing quite enough uh, in some crucial moments of the game. Yep, it hurts. Um, statistically fine, I guess. I feel like a fairly average game from the line, but in those big moments, just could not get enough pressure, and it cost us. Linebackers, well, I thought. Well, time oh, out, time ahead, out, real sorry. quick, real quick. I actually think in the big moments they got the pressure. They just, again, it's a theme from the, the play, year. They though. couldn't finish it. Yeah, yes, stayed I alive. Agree with you. Yes, I agree with you. I think the pressure is there, but it's just the final uh, moment. But you can get into linebackers. Linebackers, you know, Sullivan three tackles, Daquan two tackles and a pass defended, Daniel Green two tackles. But I thought overall um, difficult day for the linebackers. They were spread out pretty badly. Like we talked on early, we talked about earlier, lots of mismatches, and you know, in the running game, just not not getting there on time, not filling those gaps on time, and not tackling well. Yeah, I think I think this is that was a tough well, day for the linebackers. Yeah, West Virginia made the their defensive back made that great pick on that flag route in the first half, and then the only other thing that I truly believe they did well was motioning and. Get it, keeping our linebackers specifically off balance and uh, confused and took them out of the game because we've seen that this group can cause havoc. We've seen that this group can make big plays, but they were having to think way too much. They were being pulled out of position. They were moving up until the snap almost every play. Um, so I think that West Virginia did that, that was the best thing as a unit they did. I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, or just move on to the secondary. Um, yeah. Gave up 234 yards, 20 for 30 from, uh, is it Dagey? Dagey. Dagey starting his first game. Um, for West Wayne, Virginia. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, West Virginia had, oh, Jesus, Wayne Jones, not West Virginia. Wayne Jones had seven tackles, one tackle for loss. Um, I think the talking point for me is the senior safety, Denzel Googlesby. He had four tackles, but several, several times, just too slow to react on plays, um, caught up too high. I mean, I don't know, man. He's just – he's not where he needs to be. He's not where he needs to be. Yeah, I think I think this was probably one of his worst games as a Wildcats. Um, on that go-ahead touchdown drive, he had uh, – uh, pass interference where if he turns his head and it's a, he has an easy pick yeah he 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 definitely could have there's another play earlier where if he would have kept his head up instead of going for a hit he could have intercepted a ball out to the flat that just went off their running backs fingers i don't know if it was him or if it was wayne jones who let uh the wide receiver I'd have get to watch that them. yeah i'd have to watch yeah. that again but yeah yeah it, it's just frustrating i feel like and I feel like in the run game as well, um, he's taking bad angles. He's not closing quick enough. Um, he just doesn't have the speed. I mean, he straight up just does not have – he's not fast at all. I mean, he does not have the speed back there. Um, and, you know, we've talked about him 
you know, being the quarterback of the defense and, you know, he doesn't have the physical attributes, but he's got the mental aspect of the game down so well that it makes up for it. And I don't know if that's really true anymore. It certainly wasn't yesterday. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't have, I, I can't defend that. Um, I'm, I'm hoping we see something in the next two games. Uh, I don't want to shit be- on him too bad, but it's just really disappointing to see from a senior that's been playing there for so long to be caught out in, in the wrong, and just be caught in the wrong position so many times yesterday. It's really frustrating. Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, it, it is kind of a yin and yang of disappointment in the two safeties having a four-year starter and a freshman starter. Um, I think when you look at Wayne Jones, though, you do have hope for the future. Um, and then when it comes to Denzel Goolsby, you hope he can make some plays in his final two. Um, Jerome McPherson, uh, three tackles. Walter Neal Jr., three tackles, one tackle for a loss. Kevion McGee, two tackles. Jonathan Durham, one tackle. Daryl Patterson, one tackle. Um, you know, again, I, I think as a whole, not a horrible game from the defensive backs. I think, you know, for large stretches of the game, they were able to play relatively well, but it does come down to those three third down plays. Um, You know, I think on their first touchdown, I think J-Mac actually had it covered relatively well, and Daigie just made a really good pass. Um, But on, you know, the other two, poor tackling right at the uh, point of catch, uh, that could have maybe even sh- stopped him short of picking up the first down, let alone giving them a touchdown. And then we've talked about it on um, the entire secondary, whether you want to put on the safeties, whether you want to put on the entire secondary, they get sucked up and you just lose track of what's going on behind you. And I understand that, hey, for as long as he was scrambling around back there, um, I, I get the desire to lose oh track of the Oh, my God. It happened two years ago, too. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> Every and was, fucking West Virginia loss is maddening. Yeah, Holy no, shit. I hate I, I, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, there's uh, other schools I hate a lot more. But, again, you're, you're right. It happened two years ago, the loss on there here, right before <laughs> half. Yeah. Will Greer um, literally just ran around in circles all game and just chucked it deep. Oh, yeah. that was frustrating. But I just don't – yeah, I don't know how, like, that happens. I get it. Plays break down. But, like, he was literally eight yards behind anyone. And Daigie underthrew it, like, badly. And he still had enough time, like, and enough separation to score a touchdown. He was just chilling. Ah, They're going to get absolutely massacred in the film room for that one, I'm sure. Yeah, I agree. Um do you have anything else on the secondary? I know we just miss A.J. Parker a We're lot. badly I mean, missing A.J. Yeah, I was going to say that. Because I I would have to pull up the box score, and if I can do it quick enough, I'll talk to it. But he, again, I think some folks looked at him and saw big plays by big receivers. Well, at the end of the day, he still would hold some of these guys to under their season averages. Uh, but there, that Campbell guy, he had five receptions for 92 yards. Um he, I mean, we just didn't have anyone to go up against him. He was 6'4", he, he's 6'4", 183. And at the end of the day, when you don't have A.J. Parker out there, at least with the current cornerbacks, you don't have anyone who can try to slow him down. Yeah, that's frustrating. Um, and we knew we were going to, we knew that we were going to take a pretty big hit on our secondary. Um, well, actually, I would say that we didn't know that. Uh, we thought, we we thought that we had the experience kind of to plug in, but... 
I think AJ Parker is a much bigger miss than we both anticipated. At least I can say that for myself. It sucks. It's it's three years in a row. Again, we lost our best corner three years in a row, probably to the season. I mean, if he actually has a fracture, I can't imagine he's going to play again. Um, uh, maybe in the bowl game, but yeah. as much as I like bowl games, um, if it's truly a fracture, I, I'd probably just say no, don't I, worry. I, about I don't it. think he'll play, but um, it sucks. I just it it sucks. Um, but it is what it is. I think we played again. We we played well enough yesterday. The secondary as a as a unit did play well enough yesterday. Barth, you know. A couple plays where we broke down, and you just can't have that at this level. Can't flip the switch. You got to be ready every play. Yeah, and then defense as a whole. Before we move on to special teams again, you like seeing that uh, third down conversion uh, percentage. It's just the fact that three of those were literally the three biggest plays in the game, and all three of them didn't need to happen for another reason or another. Um, do you have any final comments about the defense before we talk about the special teams? I don't. I think we should probably move on to the special teams, which was maybe the most disappointing <sighs> of the day. Um, I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> it, it was very. It was very offensive line for me is the most disappointing. But I mean, def- special teams really was. It was bad for I the mean, brand with how bad, bad Ankle was. But the, one of the toughest plays, the toughest pills to swallow of the day was. Um, that penalty on Trey Deshaun, you know, making contact with the long snapper. And I kind of will walk back the discipline narrative. Um, that's kind of a play where it's just like, ah, I can't, I can't fault Trey Deshaun too hard for that. I mean, he's just trying to get through the line and make a play. Uh, but it, it's killer. I mean, it costs us a touchdown. Huge, huge play there. Yeah, I, I think. And that I, might be a... enough to literally breathe life back into West Virginia. I mean, I, I mean, I think it, I think it does. I mean, he misses that all of a sudden, you know, it's, what, 7-0, seven seven we're getting the ball, the ball back. Um, and, again, I, I, I don't I don't want to harp on him too bad because I think Trey Deshaun's had a hell of a season. Um, so it sucks to see a guy who puts so much effort and so much of his heart and soul into the game. Um, it, you don't like uh, getting on him, uh, but you, you got to know the rules. And, again, yeah. that, that might be somewhat something that folks uh, – don't even know that's a rule. There's some folks who, uh, pro- I mean, you could probably point to a lot of plays where contact is made with the center, but I instantly, I said it uh, to my dad and I said to the folks around me when I saw it, even before I saw the flag, I saw him jump up and get over the center and kind of land on him. I was like, yeah. that's a 15-yard penalty. And everyone looked at me like I was crazy. Sure enough, you know, after the play kind of gets <sighs> around, there's that piece of laundry on the field. Um, that's just something that has, in recent years, become more of a uh, point of emphasis. You can't be going over the top of the center. Um, and when I saw him do it, I my heart sank. And then when I saw that flag, I just it took it took. I mean, it deflated me big yeah. time. Oh yeah, very deflating. I mean, that that absolutely kind of changed the momentum of the game. I mean, that would have taken the wind right out of their sails. They put together a decent drive and should have come up empty-handed, and we bailed them out, and now it's a tie ball game. So that's also how does that killer. shitty field goal kicker hit a fifty-two yard? Field I know, goal? Jesus Christ! I mean, he shanked the other stuff, but oh well. Um, kicking kickoff, McClellan uh, kicked off. Uh, he did well. Confirmed Zentner isn't going to redshirt. I got a little concerned when I saw him out there uh, warming up doing all that type of stuff because I wouldn't have even suited him up. But once the game started, he didn't even have his helmet. 
Uh, so that made me feel good because I really do want to keep that red shirt. Uh, Blake Lynch did everything you asked him to. He hit those two field goals, uh, long of 33 yeah. again. Bright spot of the get... game, probably McClellan and Lynch. Like, yeah. they, were, they were good, solid. <clears throat> two on extra points. Nothing in the return game, uh, but punting. Um, we're the biggest Devin Enkel fan podcast in the world. <laughs> but, I mean, he's had two really bad games. Uh, four punts, average of 38.5, long of 48. Um, two of those four were just really bad shanks. One of them was just mediocre, but not enough hang time. And then his best punt of the game, um, it was going to go out at like the two-yard line, but then Ross <laughs> Edler hits it out, out of the end zone. From from my perspective, I thought, no, like that was it was insane. out of bounds, yeah. but – but everyone on Twitter, even K State fans, most of them were like, uh, "No, that that legitimately, uh, he did hit it while he was in bounds into the end zone." You gotta have enough field awareness not to do that type of stuff. And Ross Edler, I mean, he's a good special teams player. That is what he does on this team. Um, you can't <laughs> do that. Yesterday was such a dumbass game. Oh my god. Yeah, that's terrible. That was. Uh, just one it just feels like one play after another where the momentum and the the wind was just sucked out of the stadium where we just kept kept shooting ourselves in the foot and it's something you just cannot do um you know from my angle i thought it was still out like within the five so i was pretty pissed but i'd take your word for it that uh he knocked it out of the end zone I haven't gone back and looked at but enough like k state homerish type people i know is the right call mm. Um, makes me believe it. Yeah. Um, so, um, do you have anything on uh, special teams? No, I mean, yeah, nothing really to add. All right, well, our keys to V. Yep, grading our keys to V. Um, Grant, your very first key to V was finish the game <laughs> off early, so the I thought we were gonna have an A plus for some a rest. Oh yeah, oh, so did I. Man. I mean, it was almost it was a perfect start. You know, a three and zero and a first play quick strike touchdown. And, damn, I mean, we should have held him. We should have held him for no points, but we shot ourselves in the foot. I'm giving it I'm giving it an F. I mean, we look, we allowed them to stay in the game by that dumbass penalty that negated their missed field goal. So it's a failing grade for me. Yep, I'm giving it an F. My next one was stay, quote-unquote, perfect on special teams. I'm giving it a C- minus because the kickoff game was great. Uh, you know, touchbacks anytime we wanted to. Got the ball onto the ground on the one pooch kick. Um, Lynch was perfect, but again, ankle was bad. Didn't make any uh, big return, so I'm giving it a C minus, not quite failing. I think that's fair. Um, C minus. Uh, the next one for you was take a step <laughs> forward in the secondary. What are you giving that? A big ol' F. Um,. I don't feel like we took any steps forward. I mean, we still were dominated probably by their best receiver, and we had a chance. We had chances to when we need, when we really needed the secondary to step up, they couldn't do it. So I'm giving it a fail, an F. Giving it a D plus, uh, almost. Uh, I mean, it's failing, yeah. but again, it was it was a little closer to not being failing. But I'm giving it a D plus. Uh, mine was get more big plays on offense. Uh, the final one, I'm going to give it a B minus. Uh, you had the big touchdown play to start. You had a 35-yard uh, reception. You had a 35-yard run. 
Uh, I, you know, you you want to try to break versus West Virginia because of how poor they are against the big play. One more 50-plus yard with a touchdown play than that, but I'm giving it a C-plus. Yep, I think I'll give it a C-minus with no more justification. All right, perfect. Um, time for our game balls. And, Grant, what website would you go to to make sure that your balls are game ready? Manscaped.com, and I'm using Capital Armchair for 20% off and free shipping. Guys, Manscaped has the Lawnmower 2.0, which is proprietary skin safe technology, so that, you know, when you're trimming your nether regions to uh, make it uh, cleaner, nicer, look better, um, you're never going to cut your balls. You're never going to cut anything down there because of that Lawnmower 2.0. And they don't just have the Lawnmower 2.0, they've got deodorants they've got shampoos they've got body washes um, and it can all come in a very nice little manscaped bag so you should check it out head on over to manscaped.com it's excellent excellent yep. product again you, you, you got to be all manscaped so when you're having sex it looks all nice and not as hairy um, so let's get into it we're going to award some game balls uh, we get creative with them I can't imagine this would be anyone's first time listening, but if it is, we try to do offense, defense, and then a swagger sticker, just a little bit of uh, extra pop to someone who deserves it. Um, but we might have to get a little bit more creative for this one yeah. than in the past. <laughs> uh, you're up first. Give me your first game ball. I'm struggling right now. Um, first game ball, offensive game ball. I mean, shit. I'll give it to Skyler. He had... Almost 300 passing yards, broke his record again. I thought he played pretty well despite having, you know, two picks that did hurt in the end. But, you know, he kept us alive in a day where he was under duress quite a bit. So I'll give it to Skyler. Uh, mine first one's going to go to Dalton Schoen. Uh, you know, home was, run, got yeah. open, outran his guy. Uh, play action, obviously. Drew the attention in, but, uh, you know, he got out there, made the catch, and outran him for the touchdown. So uh, Dalton Schoen is getting my first game ball. Grant, who's getting your second game ball? Second game ball is going to go to Reggie Walker. Um, one of the better games from Reggie. I think he was disruptive all day, had a you know, couple tackles for loss. I thought Reggie played pretty well despite the loss. All right, mine is going to go to Jordan Mitty. Uh, made two tackles for a loss. Um, coming up on his senior season, or he is in the senior season and has a couple games left. I think that he's definitely overperformed my expectations for the entire year and got two of those tackles for losses. So he's getting my second game ball. Grant, who's getting your swagger sticker? Swagger sticker goes to Mr. Blake Lynch. He's just so adorable out there. He's a hell of a kicker, playing really well. You know, only missed first kick of the year, and he's been perfect ever since. He's become quite the automatic kicker. Yep, and mine is going to all the olds and boomers. Congrats. We lost wearing white helmets. We lost uh, wearing the cat script helmets. Um, congrats. Big win for you guys. Um, <laughs> you know, take your victory laps. I know you guys don't know how to use the Internet to listen to our podcast, but you will bitch about uh, helmets behind your, you know, Twitter egg profiles with seven followers. Big win for you. Uh, yeah, you don't even know what swagger is. Uh, but, hey, it was a massive win. You guys got a bigger win than West Virginia did. Congrats to all you fucks. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. 
Uh, it's dark. It is very dark. But the last time we last time we lost two games in a row, we answered. Uh, so I, I I do have yeah, hope. One three in a row. I know. I do have hope. I do have some belief um, oh. that we can turn it around. But man, this sucks. I'm not I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. There's no excuse for this loss. Um, it's it, it truly is a black mark on the climbing era. The very first one. Hopefully we don't have many more of these, but I'm not going to sugarcoat any of it. It's a bad look. Um, it sucks uh, to lose to another first-year coach. It sucks to lose to the guy who allegedly was the second choice. Um, there is literally nothing good. You think about that at all yesterday? I didn't. A really. little bit. I did. It, it didn't really bit. come into play for me yesterday. But um, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the last loss review that we will talk about. For this year, I sure hope so. That would make for a fun rest of the season. Um, but that's all we got. Um, we'll be back to you guys Wednesday for a uh, podcast review or a preview of the Texas Tech game. Inside that game, we will also review a little bit of the basketball game versus Monmouth. Um, basketball didn't play this weekend, so we'll just be talking about that one game. Uh, and yeah, that's what that's what we're gonna have. Uh, we love you guys. This sucks. Don't let anyone tell you it doesn't suck. Uh, you don't have to sugarcoat it because uh, this this team can be better. It should be better. We deserve. Well, we don't deserve shit, but they <laughs> they, they they should be better. Um, let's hope we can turn it around because uh, this is a lot more fun when we win. Yeah. Um, well, shit, man. If they needed any, if they, if they needed any motivation. Losing to the last team in the Big 12 at home when you're two touchdown favorites ought to, ought to get their focus back. So I expect that at least we will be focused the next couple of weeks to finish out the season. And we'll all be talking about how, how fun and, you know, exciting the direction of the program is and how good of a first season it was under Chris Kleiman in, in just a few weeks. Don't you worry, Scott. Okay, if you say so. So that's all we we got. We love you guys. Meet me at the cat head. Or at the cat script. Meet me at the cat script? Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping left its scenes while I was leaving and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence in restless dreams I walked alone Streets of cobblestone Neath the halo of a stream lamp I turn my color to the cold and damp When my eyes were stemmed by the flash of a neon light That split the sound of silence and in
Network.